From the 12th floor, 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, welcome to the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G, saying thank you so much for making us a part of your weekend. And if you are listening to this podcast, it's because one of three reasons. One, you still have not given up on the Oklahoma City Thunder, and despite the 0-4 start, you are thinking that they are going to turn things around and this still has an opportunity to be a really good season. Two, you're looking for somebody to commiserate with, which I can definitely be that person to commiserate with, and you're angry about the Thunder, and you want to hear somebody be as angry about the Thunder as you are. And three, maybe you actually like the podcast, and you're enjoying what I do on a daily basis. I am going to go with the first two. I think it's probably the first two. This is the reason you're listening to this podcast more than it is necessarily anything I'm doing. And coming up on today's podcast, you're going to get to hear a lot of Billy Donovan from last night's press conference. What did Billy have to say about Russell Westbrook coming out of the timeout, taking an early three? What did they discuss inside the huddle during that timeout? Um, We'll hear Billy Donovan's first three minutes of his press conference, the bad free throw shooting, which it goes into that first three minutes, what he thinks about his team. Um, See if you can guesstimate how how irritated you think Billy Donovan is right now these first four games into the season. We'll hear Paul George talk about the four-game losing streak. Russell Westbrook will take responsibility. And finally, those are just the first two segments. It's a jam-packed first two segments. And then in the third segment today, Jimmy Butler is possibly going to become a Houston Rocket. It's the time that we are recording this podcast, which is almost 7 o'clock at night Central Time. Jimmy Butler is not a Houston Rocket, but he could be. Could very well be a Houston Rocket. Well, Is there a window for Oklahoma City if Kevin Durant leaves Golden State, if for some reason Draymond Green doesn't come back, and it's no longer a big three, it's a big two, or is Houston about to seize that? Is a team like Utah in better position to win than Oklahoma City? We've got a lot to talk about, and we've only got about 20 or so minutes to do it, so let's hop to it. My name's Eric G. I'm a credentialed member of the media. I work for 1340 The Game here in Oklahoma City. Big shout-out to my partner in crime, Randy Renner. I, uh, what else do you need enough? Cover the Thunder for six years. Yes, yeah, six years. And I haven't quite hosted Locked on Thunder for a year, but I've been doing it for a few months. And if you like what you hear, please go to LockedOnThunder.com. There's also LockedOnPodcast.com. Uh, where you can get all the Locked On podcasts from the Locked On Podcast Network. Thunder blow it last night. 16-point lead, had a chance to beat the Boston Celtics. And tell me, tell me you couldn't feel that game start to slip away in the third quarter. In fact, I was talking to Steve McGeehee last night at halftime, seeing the Thunder up, watching the Thunder play in the first quarter. I, I think I even tweeted this out. It was a very misleading score. And the Thunder, as you are going to hear, Paul George talk about the Thunder's defense. He was happy with it. To an extent, Billy Donovan was happy with the defense last night. I was not happy with the defense because in the first quarter, Boston was getting a lot of open looks. And even Billy said this in the pregame last night. It was just a matter of time before Boston started knocking down their shots. And... When you look at who torched Boston last night, Marcus Morris ended up getting hot down the stretch. Dude played 30 minutes, went 5 of 10. 
Al Horford was torching the Thunder last night. Um, Kyrie Irving had a pretty good night against Oklahoma City. Jason Tatum, wow. 8 of 18 last night. Posterized a couple of guys. One of those, even Paul George. I, I Honestly, I came to the determination that in that 48 minutes, the world belonged to Jason Tatum, and we were just living in it. But it was not in any way, shape, or form a good night for the Thunder. In fact, I'm stretching to look for silver linings to take out of that game the way I did when Oklahoma City lost to Golden State in the opener. I can't find them. You blew a lead. You really should have been up by a lot more than what you were. And it just never felt, there was there was no point during that game that I really ever felt the Thunder were going to win or were in control at all. And you haven't got to the point where, where people are finger-pointing where I feel that season is on the brink, but you're not far from it. And that's not to be dramatic. And you can talk about one game at a time, next game, on to the next one, Phoenix, all you want. If for some reason you lose that one, you start this season 0-5, 0-6, it leads to 0-7, losing becomes contagious. And even for Russell Westbrook and Paul George, guys who are veteran, one guy who's been to the finals, another guy who has playoff experience, you can forget how to win. And right now, this Oklahoma City Thunder doesn't. This Oklahoma City Thunder team doesn't know how to win. They don't know how to close out, and that's just something that's learned by doing it. That's just rep, repetition, and you seizing on those opportunities, and you also listening to Billy Donovan. And I think right now, Sam Presti has got to be asking himself: Is Billy Donovan's message still getting through to this team? And why do I bring that up? Just four games into this season. I bring that up because I am hearing a different tone in Billy Donovan's voice than I've ever heard when he's talked about the Thunder. There's irritation there where normally he's been more of a laid-back kind of guy who's just let things go. And even last night, as you will hear in a second, he stopped short of criticizing Russ for that play coming out of the timeout. Normally, Billy Donovan would avoid criticizing Ruggs. Normally, Billy Donovan would avoid even tiptoeing to that line. But yesterday, Billy Donovan started letting us peek a little bit more behind the curtain. Now, it's still guarded, and you're not getting some of the talk that you might get from other coaches in Billy Donovan's position, but it, it it's more open, it's more honest, it's more intense than what it has been. And you know what? I'm just going to shut up now because... We've got Billy Donovan. This is the first three minutes of what happened last night in the press conference. And it starts off talking about the game, the free throw shooting, all that. Here it is on Locked on Thunder. And see if you can't hear what I'm hearing. We talked at halftime and I was concerned. The fact I think they rolled for 11 from the three-point line. That certainly wasn't going to continue the, the third quarter. Um, Steven had done such a great job. Um, kind of plugging up the lane, getting back, and he got sucked in a few times. So did Nerlens uh, with the floor being spaced. And uh, we gave him too many threes just in the quarter in terms of attempts. Um, and then I thought in the fourth we got into a pretty good rhythm. Uh, but the other thing that really hurt us, I thought, was we, we had we fouled way, way too much in the quarter. And we had a lot of fouls that were not even like, you know, fouls that were, you know, at the basket or someone contesting a shot. It was like running into players. It was like post-defense grabbing a guy. We kept putting them to the free throw line, um, you know, and then obviously, you know, we, 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 we didn't shoot the ball particularly well coming down the stretch. I thought 
we had some some decent looks, um, but you know we we didn't do it. And they obviously shot the ball much much better from three uh, in the second half. I didn't even mention that. I mean the fact that we left all those points. I mean. To me, all this stuff to me is just like self-imposed stuff that we've got to be able to fig figure out. Um, when I say self-imposed, like I think our guys are trying to move the ball. I think they're trying to play the right way on offense. Um, I thought there was times, uh, you know, where we got a little bit stagnant, but I thought still thought we generated pretty good stuff. Um, but again, you know, the free throw line is something we, we try to shoot free throws. We try to work on it, you know, as best we can. Uh, but certainly that's, 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 that, was, that was a problem. And the other thing, too, is if you look at it, I think we were drastically, there was a drastic difference in, in the first half from the free throw line disparity between us and them. And then that totally flipped in the second half. And um, you know, we, we did a really, really good job in that first half in so many different areas. And I give our guys a lot of credit when they made that run and they were knocking down threes because, you know what, like those same shots that they were taking in the first half didn't go in. So like it wasn't like a big deal, and I told our guys like we just got to be we got to be up and understand they're taking threes, and they went in the second half, and obviously it became a lot more glaring. But we compounded it with the fouls and the fact that we missed our own you know number of free throws. Really, the, the last four minutes, I think you guys ended up with one point. A lot of that was three pointers, a couple of long twos, not a whole lot going to the rim right at the basket on, on a night with a call out of fouls. Did you, did you like the shots you were getting? What did you think of those shots? I thought we had pretty good shots. Um, you know, there was a couple I, 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 I you know, maybe would have taken back the, 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 the shot that Russell took, I think, with 27 seconds. You know, I told him if there, there may not be, because I, I, they were, thought they were going to switch and what we had on, I thought we could get him in some space to either drive it or shoot it. And I said, you just, you got to read how they're playing you. And, I think he got off a pretty clean look on that one, but we didn't play downhill enough, in my opinion, in, in that four minutes um, like, like we should have. And, and that was for everybody. And when you talk about going to the rim and them settling for jumpers, they had that opportunity. They were getting to the rim in the third quarter. Dudes just weren't finishing. And Russ knew better. I, I heard Matt Pino last night. Say, I, I didn't, didn't understand, you know, Russ taking that three-pointer there when you didn't need it. And I'm, I'm sort of paraphrasing what Matt said, but that's Russ. I mean, you've seen Russ now for how many years. You know he's going to take ill-advised shots. And when it comes to Russ's game, honestly, the way Russ played last night, his shot looked a little off. He was tired. That's more of what I expected against Sacramento. I didn't expect that, that first night back almost to triple-double. Last night is about what I expected from Russell Westbrook, but the dude has no help. Zero help last night. Paul George did, had like a good first three minutes, and then after that, he couldn't He couldn't hit last night. And it's just, it's frustrating to watch a team where it's one guy that that he can't, he can't even afford to have an off night because right now you don't know what that right combination is. Guys that are out there aren't hitting their shot. And if you're Billy Donovan, you're probably pulling out your hair right now because there just aren't any easy answers. And we'll talk about the lineup in a second. But Russ last night being Russ um, at the end of the press conference took full responsibility for this Thunder loss. It was basically an even slate heading into that fourth quarter. Where do you think you guys went wrong? Uh, that's on me. Um, you know, I take full responsibility and making sure that we got to do what we need to do to win a game. And, I got to do a better job of making sure we close the game, so that's on me. Also, Billy mentioned, you know, those shots you had some clean looks at three in the last minute. 
We also said y'all didn't have to take a three, I think, with 27 seconds left. I mean, was that the message um, going on uh, with Billy in that situation? Uh, like I said, man, I, I take full responsibility regardless of what happened in the fourth. Um, missed and made shots. Um, it's my responsibility to make sure we get a good one, and I take responsibility and it won't happen again. Move on to the next. And give Russ credit, he's not throwing anyone under the bus at this particular moment. Want to go back to the to dealing with the lineup. There's a lot of you. You, in fact, may want Hamadou Diallo out of – you may want him in the starting lineup. And if you look at him, he's probably the most consistent player the Thunder have had. Um, Dennis Schroeder's had his moments, but he hasn't necessarily been consistent. The only thing that, that I am hesitant about putting Diallo into that starting lineup is – He's going to have to go right back to the bench when Andre Robertson gets back, if Andre Robertson gets back, but we, we all assume he's going to be. Does he get comfortable in that starting starting role, and then you put him back on the bench? Is he uncomfortable? And if you know he's going to be coming off the bench, I'd rather see him do that night in, night out, than yo-yo a guy in, yo-yo a guy, keep him in, he gets into a rhythm, and then he gets out of that rhythm. I, I'm not for that. And I keep hoping Terrence Ferguson's going to turn things around. But right now, the signs just aren't there. Um, Patrick Patterson had a good shooting night last night. You know what? We'll talk about that next. Let's just get to that next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Billy Donovan talks about starting Jeremy Grant over Patrick Patterson. What's going on with the four? And how in shock is PG about starting 0-4? It's all right here on LOT. We have just published a new episode of Locked On Sooners that can be found at LockedOnPodcast.com. Also, Google, Alexa, Spotify, and Stitcher. And for all the Locked On Podcasts, it's LockedOnPodcast.com, your daily number one local podcast that is LockedOnPodcast.com. So Billy Donovan last night decides to make a change in the starting lineup. And I'll be honest, when I got the starting five, I went right to Terrence Ferguson's name to see if it was Ferguson or Diallo in that starting five and just kind of overlooked Jeremy Grant. And was like, oh, wait a second, Grant's there. So yeah, there has been a change in the starting five. And Billy was adamant that that was going to be fluid all season long. Um, Patterson had a better shooting night last night coming off the bench, but he still missed a key layup late. I don't know that either one of those guys, they might they might be, both of those guys might be good enough to where you can flip-flop them, exchange them in and out, and it may not make that big a difference last night. But Billy was asked about starting Grant over Patterson at the four and pretty much reiterated what he had uh, told us all along. It was just based on matchups. You know, when I give Patrick, Patrick's a total team guy. Um, I knew that they were going to come out. They had started that way. I know they rested Hayward for, for a game, but... They were going to come out and uh, you know play with four guards, and that's probably not the best or ideal matchup for Patrick. Um, and we felt like we could do some different things schematically, defensively, with Jeremy at that power forward spot. And you know what? It was good to see Patrick knock in a couple shots and make a couple of good plays. I thought he had that one play at the end of the third quarter. He just didn't quite finish it, but he made a nice, bailed us out on a tough possession on a 
shot in the paint, made a three. So he did some good things tonight, and I thought Jeremy did as well. So it was really, I think we're going to have to do that this year, just based on matchups, lineups, what's going on, maybe tinkering and moving around and trying to, you know, expand out the roster in terms of utilizing different guys in different situations. Right now, the Thunder aren't panicking, and Billy Donovan knows that he's got some some things to work out and tweak here and there before he gets this exactly right, but you do get the sense from Billy he feels like he's he's running out of time to make it work so this team can get a few wins under their belt. And with this being the Western Conference, and now the Lakers have won two games, you, you would think that in an you would think that it went an 82 game season. It's one of our favorite cliches to say, well, you know, not every game is extremely important, but if one or two games is going to separate you from getting into the playoffs or getting a better seed, then yeah, all 82 games matter a whole heck of a lot. And even if the Thunder were to turn things around, what is the best seed they can they can possibly get this this year? Feel like we're still a long ways away from exactly saying what that seed could be, but you got to start getting some wins quick. The shock of being 0-4, I think it's more shocking. Well, I think it's shocking to everyone. But last night, Billy was asked about that and gave a very Thunder-esque answer. How do you kind of just kind of shake off the shock value of being 0-4 now? It's you know, never happened in Oklahoma City to be 0-3, now you're 0-4. Is that something that you know, it's, that you look at it, it's difficult to kind of get over, or is it just kind of under the next... Yeah, I don't know if I look at it that way. I look at it as a long season, as our team trying to evolve, and we've been through a lot, not making excuses, but, you know, we've got Russell missing long training camp in the first two games. I mean, as quote-unquote, I'm not saying that this is accurate, but according to you guys, we played two of the best teams in the East and the West the first four games. One of the games was on the road against, obviously, the Clippers, and then we played Sacramento, you know, where I didn't think we defended very well. So... I look at it more like, where are we going? Have we made improvements? Like, I thought we were really, really poor defensively and especially rebounding against Sacramento. I thought we made some drastic improvements there and did actually a pretty good job defensively the whole entire game. We just didn't guard the three very well in that third quarter. Um, so I look at, you know, are we getting better in the areas we need to get better? We may not be getting the results, but two of the four teams we've played against, I mean, many people think that maybe Boston and Golden State are going to play against each other, you know, in the finals. So. You know, that, I, I like, I've said this my first year, I like playing teams like that and like playing them early because we've gotten a chance to play against two of the best teams in the East and the West, and you get a gauge of where you're at. And we've competed well. Now, some of the stuff, do we need to make improvements? Have there been some self-inflicted wounds? Absolutely. But hopefully we can learn from those things and get better. I don't think you could really say that about Boston right now. I, I don't think, you, you can't lean on the crutch of where Boston was picked at the beginning of the year and the whole world thinking that they were going to possibly play in the finals because coming into last night, that's a team that only scored 90 points against the Orlando Magic. And you're going to hear Paul George talk about how good the defense was, that they pretty much kept them under 100, 100 all night long. Well, Boston had been struggling to score. And you didn't play good enough defense. A, all, all night long, the Thunder didn't play good good enough defense. You kept giving them open looks. And for a team that is desperate to, to start getting things turned around, well, what do they want to see? They want to see open looks. They want to get good looks at the basket because eventually they know they're just going to start falling down. Here's Paul George on being 0-4. I'm sure that looking to 
standings right now. You see 0-4, it's not what you want to say. I know Ali just kind of asked about this, but how, how do you kind of keep the perspective that there's still 78 to go and, and not react to being 0-4? That's it, you know, 78 more. Um, for us, it's one game at a time. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going, tomorrow we're going to bury this game once we look at it on film um, and get ready for Phoenix, but just take it one day, one game at a time. Well, you, you guys will knock down the shots, those shots that you're getting. What do you think about just the, down the stretch, the shots you got mostly three pointers, mostly jumpers? What do you think about the shot selection down the stretch? Um, you know, I, I, I think we're, we're getting great looks now. Of course, we can always try to see what we can get at the basket, but um, you know, whether we get those shots or not, I, I think they're good looks for us. Uh, we got guys that can knock those down. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a bad stretch for us right now. Shooting. And, and I don't want to sit here and say that the Celtics won't be a good team. They may very well be one of the best teams in the NBA by the season rolls around, but coming into last night, they weren't. And neither were the Sacramento Kings and neither were the Los Angeles Clippers. And you had three prime opportunities to go out and get a win. And you were in position now twice where in the fourth quarter, you've just wet the bed. That, that to me, speaks of a larger problem than just execution. There, there is something there mentally that is keeping you from being as good as you possibly can be. And as this losing streak goes on, and I mean, maybe even the situation now, um, maybe even the situation now where you're just feeling a lot of pr- you're, you're feeling a lot of pressure. And as you start feeling the pressure, you start to buckle under it. When it gets down to those closing minutes of a game, if you're not completely in control and the Thunder, I mean, it, it's going to sound so simple, but you just have to start winning. You, you have when you're in position to win, you've got to take advantage of those moments. And right now we just don't see the Oklahoma City Thunder doing it. And it's um, it's nerve wracking, frustrating, whatever you want to say about it. Um, but if you're looking for when they're going to come out of it, there's opportunities. But I couldn't sit here and tell you for sure that they're going to beat Phoenix on Sunday because right now I just don't feel that way. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Not to be all damn doom and gloom today, but it's just it was a very, it's been a very frustrating four games for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hopefully they can break out of it against the Phoenix Suns. And uh, coming up next, what is the Thunder's window? All best case scenarios happening in the next few few years. What turns out best for the Thunder? We'll talk about it here on LOT. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. We thank you so much for joining us today. Thunder and Phoenix on Sunday. Hopefully you're using this as your pregame. Hopefully it hasn't been such a downer where you're like, oh man, now I got to, you know, I got to punch off. I was going to get ready. I got to get in the right mental state. Um, I'm going to see if I can't give you a little bit of hope here in this next segment, which I would say, hey, for great entertaining podcasts all the way around, just go to LockedOnPodcast.com. Check out all the podcasts from the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so how do the Thunder get things turned around? Well, it's simple. You start you, you, you start making shots. And Terrence Ferguson, I haven't quite 
figured out what you are yet. I don't know if you're a shooter or not a shooter or can be a shooter, but we do need to see see a little bit more out of you. Um, Patrick Patterson, I think that Patrick Patterson Grant situation will be a lot of a lot of fun to watch because I, I don't I think both of these guys, I think they're interchangeable as far as they, they feel just as comfortable starting as, as they do coming off the bench. And then there's Russ and Paul George, and we're still waiting for for Andre to get back. But all that leads to this is what is the Thunder's window? Because Kevin Durant in New York tonight, you know that the Knicks fans are going to roll out the red carpet for him. They want him. He leaves Golden State. And we said this on yesterday's podcast. There are reports that Golden State knows Kevin Durant is going to leave. Does Draymond Green come back? Does that leave Golden State with a big two? Because they just decide the threshold for Draymond is too much. And I say if that happens, it does really open the Western Conference up. But where does that leave Oklahoma City? Because this is a strange roster. And unlike the Houston Rockets, who are willing to give four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler, the Thunder don't have that. They don't have those kind of assets to go out and get a Jimmy Butler. And yeah, I know it's Sam Presti. He pulls off miracles. He got Paul George here. He got Carmelo Anthony here. Um, I'm starting to think the Carmelo Anthony deal was at what cost. Uh, maybe even the Paul George thing was was at what cost? Maybe it w- was a better. Maybe it w- would have been better to have Victor Oladipo here after he had that year last year. Still, I-, I think most fans are happy with PG and the Russell Westbrook combination. And even if Carmelo Anthony didn't work out, it at least signified to your fans that you're willing to make moves. But looking at how this team is con- as constructed right now, the Thunder in a, in a weird place because you're not mediocre. At least talent-wise, you shouldn't be mediocre. Now, they're playing way below mediocre right now, but if the Thunder play up to their potential, they're above mediocre. They're not good enough to be a championship team and certainly not bad enough to get draft picks. And that means you're just what? You're stuck. You're, you're, you're stuck in a situation where you're going to win a ton of games every year. You're going to be put in a position where you might make some noise in the playoffs, but you're probably not ever going to get over that hump unless your GM can pull off some major trades, maybe one season, two seasons from now, which gets you the uh, either enough complimentary pieces that puts you over the hump or maybe get you possibly that next superstar. Doesn't mean the team won't be fun to watch. Um, doesn't mean that things might not break and go their way, and they certainly won't give you hope at times. But looking at it right now, even if Golden State were to fall apart, I don't know where I'd put the Thunder because as the Jazz continue to grow together, that's going to be a very dangerous team. But I also think there's a limited shelf for them because of the, the market size, and the Jazz don't ever just seem to get it together. The Rockets with Jimmy Butler, how long is he going to stay, becomes a very interesting question. And then you've got teams like the Lakers, which we've dogged and ripped, but they do have LeBron James, and they are L.A. And we've always talked about Oklahoma City not being that prime destination for free agents. Well, if all of a sudden free agents start flocking to L.A., makes them a lot more formidable. The Western Conference, depending on what happens with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green over this next year and Klay Thompson and how the dominoes fall can get real interesting real quick, and Sam Presti might ultimately end up be looking for answers about where the Thunder fit in this entire scheme of the Western Conference. But I do have faith in Sam Presti. I think he does a really good job of judging talent, 
um, even if it doesn't look like it right now. And I do think that Sam Presti is a smart enough guy who can figure out a way to get the pieces that he needs in order to, at absolute worst, make a team that is very competitive in the West, even if it's not a championship organization or not a championship team that particular year. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. I want to thank you for joining us. We'll join you again on Monday morning, early Monday morning, as we wrap up the Phoenix game. Hopefully the Thunder have their first win by then. It's an 0-4 start. I know it was a rough podcast today. I know that everybody's feeling kind of down, but hey, Thunder are playing again on Sunday, and that's never a bad thing. So until Monday morning, I wish you to uh, love everybody. Everybody love everybody, and of course, peace, love, and thunder up.